What is going on guys? I hope you guys are doing fantastic and ready for another day. And I hope that I can bring a little bit of goodness into your day today. Because we're going to be talking about how to overcome. And a little bit about how progression in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu can really teach us a lot about life. And how you got to be open to changing things up with Brian Debs. And it was really interesting because he talked to me about how he basically conquered physical limitations, bullying, all that kind of crappy stuff in life. And how he basically overcame it using principles and a mindset he acquired from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I thought was really, really cool. Because it's something that we can always take as men and use, as far as concepts kind of go, and apply it into our own lives in the best way possible. So, really looking forward to, well, you guys listening in on uh, the conversation I had with Brian Debs. And it was fantastic. So, definitely, definitely stay tuned for that. But a couple of announcements before I begin. First and foremost, check out MaskinHealthSolutions.com. Got a lot of PE um, articles going up on the website, you know, trying to stay in tune with that, trying to make it as resourceful as possible. And my biggest thing is uh, to make it so that I actually offer solutions. Hence the reason why I went with the name, because nothing pisses me off more, man, than you basically read a blog post or watch a video. And the dude never says absolutely anything in regards to what you're actually reading about. You know, just beat around the bush with a whole bunch of BS. And I'm not about that life. <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. And it pisses me off to no end. So I'm trying to do the website in a way that it's actually resourceful. Anybody can come in with no experience and learn something, right? So you can show with your friends, share it with whoever, and they can actually take some like, hey, man, I didn't know that actually worked. But, you know, penis hanging is actually pretty effective <laughs> or whatever the case may be. Whether it's, you know, the PE side of things, fitness side of things, you know, I'm trying to make it in a way that, hey, you can actually take something and apply whatever it is that you've learned from it. All right. So definitely check out MasculineHealthSolutions.com. Going to have more good stuff going up on the website. Got YouTube going on as well. Um, I'm trying to put as many of the podcasts on, trying to catch up with uh, a lot of the older episodes. And I will be putting the new episodes, video, um, like actual video. Not just uh, the way I kind of have a lot of them set up right now, where it's mostly just kind of um, just basically it's it's like a well, no, it's like a picture, <laughs> right? It's not actually me talking or anything. Some of the newer episodes, though, I do want to make it so that, hey, you can actually see my face and the person that I'm talking to. And it can be a little bit more visual, you know, more visually stimulating, but not too stimulating, I hope. <laughs> All right. And that being said. Last announcement, in case you guys are looking to get in shape, be sure to hit me up. <clears throat> Email address is conradgr88 at gmail.com. And what I do is I basically connect with you, do online coaching. We get your macros done right. We get your eating done right. And I kind of just set you on the right path and I hold you accountable. Like I mentioned before in the podcast episodes, you know, my job is to hold you accountable, but to hold your hand through the process. Right. A lot of people think fat loss is impossible or building muscles. Ah, you know, that just no, it's not a pipe dream. It comes down to honestly, it kind of comes down to the math. Like how many reps and sets are you doing? How many macros are you consuming? OK, this is a little bit excessive. We got to trim that. You know, we take it easy here and we go about it in a way that's very systematic. And like I said, you will be using an app to communicate. We'll be using an app as well. Same app, man. <laughs> We'll be using the app to basically communicate for me to give you, okay, this is how we update things. This is how we go about changing things up. And if you have any questions, you hit me up and that's where we go about it, man. So if you are interested in getting into the best shape possible, hit me up and we'll get you started on your journey today. And again, in the subject line, just put fitness and we'll make it happen. With that being said, that's all for my announcements today. Enough of my jibber jabber. Let's get at her. In today's episode about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, progression, and an evolutionary mindset with Brian Debs. And how you can probably take some of the concepts that we talk about here and apply it into your life to get the most out of your life. And learn that, hey, you know, we all got to go through it sometimes because diamonds are not made without pressure. <laughs> and that is the truth of the matter, man. doesn't matter what you're doing in this life. Sometimes you got to go through it. And I honestly think, you know what, the things that you actually work for, you earn, Hey, you know what? You're, you're going to enjoy them a lot more. And we're going to learn about how this man's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu journey set him on the right path to conquer life. So that being said, let's jump on in, guys. 
before we get started, one more thing. If you want to get any PE gear, be sure to check out TotalManShop.com. That is TotalManShop.com. And use the promo code MHS2020. Promo code is MHS2020. And get 12% off. Be sure to check out their wide variety of all kinds of good quality PE equipment. All right? And that's promo code MHS2020 for 12% off. And the website, once again, is TotalManShop.com. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode here at the Mask and Health Solutions Podcast, where I am joined by Brian Debs. He's a certified ass kicker, Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his life and how Brazilian jiu-jitsu has changed his life for the better. Brian, how are you today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about what got you into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and uh, tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, I was reading about it and um, I want to learn more about like what got you into it, some of the hardships you were going through and, and why you decided Brazilian jiu-jitsu, man. Okay, so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of a long story. But starting way back, I was um, like I was super um, small for my age starting uh, was okay in kindergarten, but starting like first and second grade, it progressively like, hey, I was a little bit undersized. By the time I was in high school, I was going to, uh, in, I was 60 pounds going into high school as an adult. So that's kind of small for high school. The only smaller person I knew was there was a, a girl that was smaller in my class and uh yeah, but, but it's fine if you're as small as a girl but as a guy not so much um, <laughs> yeah. and there was only one girl that was smaller um wow so um yeah i was uh uh was like fortunately um i got taller way later um but uh i like so i was the um shortest guy too so super Jeez. short super yeah. small and um even but like that was just because I remember the stats for high school, but like even in middle school, all that I was was bullied all the time. I probably didn't um, experience a single week throughout most of middle school where I didn't experience some form of physical violence. Um, so I, I'm counting that as like including mild stuff, like shoved into a locker one time is some form of physical violence. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I had one time where like, I got my face stomped and like, I got, uh, people in middle school, like, um, after the Austin powers was a thing, like they, they tried to give me a swirly and stuff oh, and like, man. all that sort of like, that's three dudes, like three dudes should be required for the smallest guy in school. But yeah, Jeez. um, so uh, I had um, could go on and on about that stuff, but I was that's kind of the bullying end. But on the uh, like more almost the academic end, I was diagnosed with a motor skill disorder because I could never get my handwriting right. And like, uh, um, so my parents sent me to a, a neurologist and they said, well, basically, you're going to be this way forever there's no way to fix it your motor wow. skills can improve once you're like four or something that is a certain age um where they really can't get any better occupational yeah. care, therapist did some uh tests and stuff like that so it was like okay you're not going to be able to drive you're not going to be able to do anything um so i i got um you know they got me into a, like a keyboarding class you can learn to type which is good learned to type yeah. before i think everybody learns it at that grade now but at that time you didn't really um so i got that in earlier i, I got the access to that class in sixth grade instead of eighth which is cool everybody should probably learn yeah. how to type earlier than that <laughs> anyway um but uh i mean they start doing like modifications and stuff which is exactly the reasons i didn't talk about this stuff mm -hmm. until black belt because i didn't want to have a modified asterisk black belt yeah uh, so um, that that's kind of the overview. I mean, I, after I, uh, I I found my occupational therapist a few years ago, after out of school and after I'd, I wasn't a black belt yet, but I, I'd done um, some stuff uh, already and I felt like I was pretty much, you know, recovered. And they said that you couldn't uh, fix your motor skills after that age. And we did all the tests again. And um, 
they did improve. Uh, that said, I still like I still was would have qualified as disabled, but like I drive, I do everything. So apparently, I've just become very talented at at hiding everything. But um, so huh. some of my like, but I mean, I competed at a professional level in grappling, like a low professional level. But I've gotten like yeah, you know, I, I've gotten professional level uh, matches in grappling. Like so, technically, I guess that makes me a semi pro athlete. Yeah. So, um, I have good enough response time for that. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I don't know, but apparently it's still the, the, the tests are things like, oh, you pick up these quarters and you put them over here in this cup and you gotta, uh, like, you know, you gotta pick them up and like, and I can't do that mm -hmm. fast enough to qualify and whatever, but in my daily basis, that's not really something that I do. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we could scrape all, all those into something. And, you exactly. know, uh, um, so, but yeah, technically speaking, I did improve my scores, even though you're not supposed to be able to, I didn't improve them dramatically, but I improved my, like, I couldn't used to, I couldn't get anything open. I couldn't like, uh, I had to get somebody when I forgot, I got my first job, like I was getting a friend of mine to take me there. I got a friend of mine, I carpooled to college and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, because I couldn't even drive and stuff. So um, I did, uh, like, I was super sore when I started jujitsu. Like, I felt like I was, like, falling apart every day. I probably overdid it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, as far as more sp precisely how I got into jujitsu, um, I uh, – I, I kind of wanted to do martial arts. My dad was a judo guy. He nice. he wouldn't train me because he thought I would get injured and stuff like that. Um, no so when I was an adult in college, there was a martial arts club. It wasn't jujitsu. It was a traditional mar martial art. It was a kuksul one. It was a Korean, Korean martial art. So I did a little bit of that. And then afterwards, there were some guys. There was kind of at a time where um, MMA was getting even more popular like I mean, it had been a thing for a while at that time but yeah. it had been getting more so there was guys doing that and then I eventually they were they were doing so and I was like you know a lot of it was very in, in a in that traditional martial art a lot of them it's hey why do we do it that way well that's the way our coach did it because that's the way his coach did it and that's the way his coach did it who, uh, who did it that way because grandmaster said so and um almost like the game of telephone um, you know, it's getting worse rather than modern martial arts tested through sport and competition. They evolve. If you, same as modern sports. The modern players are better than the players 50 years ago. Um, you know, you could argue Babe Ruth might could not can make major league at all now. Probably um, not. Probably but he not. was ultra dominant at that time. So everything moves forward and live competition does that. Mm -hmm. So I started looking for that because it's like, you know, I'm a, um, I'm an engineer. I got an engineering degree. I'm an engineer. I'm an analytical sort of person. And we uh, go in. It's like, you know, this stuff doesn't really make sense. And this is more <laughs> like a, a martial arts history course, which yeah. is cool and all learning where it came from. It's like the horse stance. It was forever before somebody could answer this question for me. Right? Exactly. If you know what that is, it's that basically the stance where you do a squat is cool for the conditioning. Because, of course, doing a body weight squat, like you can get some conditioning that way. Yeah. Like, why are your hands by your waist? And you're it's like, okay, well, you're, why are your hands down? Way later, did I finally talk to somebody at a martial arts event that told me that, oh, it's because um, your hands are that way curled down because that would be the reins of your horse and you need your hands by your waist, <laughs> uh, you, not by your face because they have to be next to the reins. Okay, cool. Well, that's not something I need right now. No, I was going to say that sounds super, you're right. Cause it's kind of like that tra traditional kind of approach to it, but it doesn't make sense in an actual modern situation where, yeah. where Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, cause I kind of looked into the history of it a little bit, right? Where some guy was in the circus in Brazil where he was just whooping everybody's ass. Which kind of goes to show how, like, hey, you know what? If you use this, and obviously it turned into like a hybrid kind of situation, well, hybrid martial art, right? And it was the evolution that you talked about. And I'm I'm a big believer in the one percent rule, right? Where you can always kind of make something one percent better, but there needs to be evolution, right? And if you're just doing these traditional, like, oh, I am going to do a grasshopper stance, it's like, mm, 
I don't know if that's going to work or translate well into a real fight. <laughs> right. Well, when the, the, the problem with it is when your goal is to make your technique look exactly like who came before you, um, the best you ever get is like 99%, right? Because you, you'll never get that perfect. And then the best your students will get 99%. So every generation will get worse. No one will get better. Exactly. Um, where if you look at when you're trying to instead incorporate new things, embrace anything that works, uh, then every generation is getting stronger. And especially that are like, if you look at jujitsu, somewhat controversial as a statement about American jujitsu being better. What like, But jujitsu has gotten a lot stronger in the last 10 years. Now, people could say, oh, the belt ranks are given easier. OK, maybe somebody has given away some like, OK, cool. When there was less people, maybe there were higher um control standards but overall mm -hmm. if you look at the competition scene if you look at the good guys black belts that go compete it's harder to be competitive much harder than it was before I um, imagine. there's much more technique so much is added it's taken from wrestling it's just discovered the age of the internet helped jujitsu significantly and coaches some coaches uh, are like uh Oh, don't get stuff off of YouTube. Like YouTube is fine. Now, if you're only watching YouTube, you're not going in and training. It's the same thing if you only work out where you watch, you learn how to do the perfect squat and you watch it every day and you never go squat, <laughs> you're not going to get in shape. So same thing, like only exactly. YouTube is not going to work for you. But exactly. YouTube can be a, a valuable, and, and are some people in there unqualified? Yes, because there's not a vetting system. Are the most qualified people on there? Usually, yes. So the both both is true. So you got to kind of filter. Um, but the age yeah. of the internet overall has helped because you know if you look at the top guys, there's um, used to the um, you know these schools would do these things and these school and now. It's faster. Like it starts one place. It, it evolves. Everybody is on the same page faster because we can all watch all these matches where it used to people were have to smuggle VHS tapes yeah. in Brazil to see what people are doing now. So yeah. it's just it, it's the world got smaller and mm -hmm. things are growing faster. So, uh, yeah, Jiu Jitsu is getting stronger. Uh, mixed martial arts is getting stronger. I personally uh, my, my gym does everything we do. We do kickboxing, we do like takedowns, wrestling, judo, that sort of thing. And, yeah. and we do uh, jiu-jitsu. I teach jiu-jitsu. Uh, yeah. So other coaches do the other things. I've, tr I've trained the other things for years. I've done five or six years of kickboxing. So I've done everything. I'm interested in martial arts. That's not my specialty. Mm -hmm. So I don't teach that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm into what works and what's proven and we change stuff and like one thing that you you said you're familiar with eddie bravo one thing that yeah. i really liked about eddie was he'll write stuff he's got stuff in books that he'll tell you he doesn't do it that way anymore he's open because it's he's show, seen and some of it he discovered it and others somebody showed him a better version and he'll throw it out and that's the way it should be um that's somebody that should be responsible for leading others at a gym if you're like in association and um you know a, a innovator and a leader because if you're like hey do it, i've written it this way everybody do it this way forever um that's no. not a recipe for long-term success no. even if you have a good product first of all and if you never test it you've got no way of saying if you've ever ha had a good product <laughs> but you hear the traditional guys say well the old guys the guys were better Okay, well, first of all, they set up a system where guys get worse. So even if they were better, second of all, no one can prove that, can verify mm -hmm. that. There's some backroom fights against who? Some other guy that what potentially wasn't any good. It's fighting um, a plumber. So... <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you, but it kind of goes back to the evolution of things. And that's interesting because I don't know anything about Eddie Bravo's philosophy. I've just kind of, I, I watched this one match, man. I think it was fighting, or it was against a Gracie. Where I'm like, at the end of it, man, like, at this time, I didn't know anything about Brazil. Well, take that back, because I've been watching MMA for a while. But I had never watched, like, just a straight-up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu match. And at the end of it, man, I'm like, this is legit. Like, it looked like a freaking chess match of limbs. Because I'm like, dude, right down to, like, the toes, it looked like everything was intertwined. And it, it just looked like nobody could really get one up on the other dude, because the other dude had a counter for him. And I'm like, to me, that level of freaking technical development dude like 
that that can exist if you're living in a hole somewhere, sticking to some old school, traditional, we're not mixing up, ever changing it up. There has to be a quote unquote hybridization eventually because you have to find a way to evolve these techniques, man. And it, it's crazy because like for me, like I've always been a huge basketball fan since I was a kid. Right. And, and and like I'll watch those 1970s videos of Dr. J, this, that, and the other, and they're good, right? They're all right. I'm I'm take that back. They were spectacular for the time. But if you look at how the game has changed now, everything around the game of basketball has changed now, right? The guys are faster, they're stronger, they perform differently, they don't smoke in between, you know, like court yeah. periods and stuff. Like it's just a completely different mindset, a completely different game, which kind of goes to what you're saying, because it makes perfect sense. It's kind of like, at what point do you say, let's let go of the old and let's try something new out, man? Like, you really have to do that if you want to evolve in any aspect of life, in my opinion. So I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, to me, a lot of those sports are a lot simpler than jujitsu, and they still change I mean, if you, from what I hear, the NFL teams are spending like millions on evolving the best playbook. And what are they changing? Yep. They're playing in this one line yep. over this way in this one play. Um, so, uh, and jujitsu, if you look, especially where it was, there's huge changes being made. And about the Hoyler match you're talking about, I'm glad you thought it was interesting because uh, for a lot of people, well, that might have been one of the more interesting matches at that yeah. event. A lot of people that don't follow jiu-jitsu don't find it very interesting because so many things that are ha like, oh, nothing's happening. Well, a lot is happening, but not a big, not a lot of big gross movements are happening. So in other words, it's one of those sports that are often fun to play, but not fun to watch, yeah. um, especially for an uneducated fan. Uh, if you've never done MMA or any martial arts, the UFC may still be entertaining to you because you understand what a punch is like and the movements are so, almost even if you didn't, it's so dynamic um, yeah. that you understand it and it looks fun. And Jiu-Jitsu isn't as much there, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right that it was a very technical exchange. That was Eddie Bravo versus Hoyler Gracie. Yeah, um, that's the one. Eddie was the first American to defeat a Gracie, almost changing the age because that same same year, um, Marcelo Garcia beat Henzo, uh, 2003, wow. but Marcelo was a Brazilian. So, yeah. but, uh, so that's the age of the Gracie era, almost changing the changing of the guard. Yeah. Uh, but Eddie was the first American to do it. Wow. Um, so, and in that, interestingly enough, Eddie Bravo was a brown belt at that time. He was what? not a black belt at the time of that match. Now he got his black belt right after. Yeah, I would imagine because I'm like, dude, at that level, I figured he was already yeah, well, a black belt. Hoyler was like a force of nature. He was the the best best dude um, at that time, and mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, not only was it at a high level, but Eddie was um, so at that time, all uh, all Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was done in the gi, the traditional yeah. uniform, the kimono, right? And so Eddie started training in a way because he saw MMA. He saw guys like they're getting beat up in the guard. So at the beginning, jiu-jitsu killed everybody. And then people learned a little jiu-jitsu. And then they, they basically um, were able to kind of nullify jiu-jitsu, plus the rule changes of the sport hurt jiu-jitsu guys. Uh, and then they were able to beat these jiu-jitsu guys. So he saw people reach up for a collar, which is how you break somebody down. Like, that isn't there. Uh, because yeah. what, what do you do when your life is flashing before your eyes. When the drilling in is up, you go to your, what you've done a billion times. So if your training is in the gi, you're not thinking logically, you're just reaching for that. If you, if every day that's what you do, that's what you're going to reach for. And he saw people getting knocked unconscious, reaching for collars that weren't yeah, there. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's not that. So that he was, he came from training every day was in the gi, but he was training, not grabbing it. Right. And so that's if you're the difference in 10th planet jiu-jitsu and Brazilian jiu-jitsu is 10th planet jiu-jitsu is a style of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So it's recognized by all the Brazilian jiu-jitsu organizations as Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But it's a style of Brazilian jiu-jitsu that doesn't train the gi. Yeah. So we don't use the traditional uniform. That's what drew me to Eddie because I was like, ah, these traditional guys. And then I saw some traditional people, Brijo J on town and Traditional BJJ isn't as traditional in a lot of ways as these other traditional martial arts, but they still hung on to things like like the uniform. Like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. And people are like, oh, yeah, well, 
you know, people don't walk around with, don't fight without a shirt. First of all, I've seen a lot of fights where people do have their shirt off. Yeah. Um, and fights <laughs> happen other times. And second of all, a shirt, you know, if you want to know how to defend a choke with a shirt, you reach in and tear your own shirt if it's not help, if it's not uh, already tearing. So it's not the same. And the chokes aren't the biggest difference. The difference is the controls, how you control somebody. So if you, um, you know, it's the color of that shirt. My dad was a judo guy. He used to say, oh, you could tow a truck out of the mud with that lapel of that shirt. And it's pretty much true. I don't know the exact pound test, but it's pretty much invincible. It's like a, like a tough rope. Yeah. You, you seldom see the rest of the gi tear, but you never see that collar tear. Uh, now, a karate gi is different, but the BJJ gis and judo gis are built for grabbing. So they're not normal clothing material. Um, so that's no, that's not tr practical training, especially for in the South. And what you and I are both wearing right here, that stuff will move around and it'll tear like so. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Can you use a no gi technique while we are wearing a heavy jacket? Yes. Can you use gi techniques on most clothing? Not most of them. So, no. uh, and most relevant isn't the chokes, because if you know ju good jujitsu and can get control of somebody, you can figure something out. It's yeah. the controls. If somebody's hitting you, can in that moment, can you save yourself? And so Eddie wasn't um, training in the uniform. And he learned a lot from John Jocks, who was who his coach, who had one hand. So he came from a traditional mat down. But John right. Jocks was also a world champion. Hold right? on. He only had one hand? Yeah, well, he had like this much of it, right? But no, no, he had a piece of a thumb and none of the fingers. And he's uh, wow. one of the greatest. You can go look him up. Jeez. So, uh, but so he was basically he would play traditional gripping with one hand, but his other hand he played no gi stuff because he had nothing to he couldn't, right? And uh, so Eddie kind of looked at a lot of those grippings, and he looked at wrestling and different things, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna do all stuff." that doesn't grab clothing. And if you look at ABCC, where it was where he faced Hoyler, um, that is, was one of the modern, right now it's seen as pretty much the most prestigious jiu-jitsu tournament um, ever. And it's no gi, right? So it's without the uniform. And all the most pre prestigious combat sports events is UFC. It hasn't allowed a gi since uh, UFC 3, 4, 5. Yeah, I think it was the early ones. The yeah, the karate one. It's been yeah. a long time. I think it was uh, Godfrey, I think, where he just knocked that guy into oblivion. <laughs> he just, like, elbowed the guy into another dimension. Oh, you mean, like, uh, there was one match. It was Dan Severn against Hoist, I think, where he had his, like, gi pulled over his head. It was yeah, the yeah. Used to get, and then it, like, beat him too. to death. Yeah. yeah, if it's that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that that's the interesting thing about the gi is gi training doesn't rely on it, – it's like a type of re weapons training but where you can't carry the weapon um, because if it's allowed, that's the interesting thing. If it is allowed me having it, yes, there's some things I can do with my sleeves, but largely most of the techniques rely on you wearing it. Uh, and since, yeah, I mean, sense. I'm a big, big fan of taking things on self-responsibility. I want to train things that keep things on my control and not like, Hey, I sure hope this person is wearing the types of things that make my martial arts work. Now, can these gi trained guys beat a lot of people up that, um, regardless of what they're wearing, absolutely watch UFC one, but when skill levels get higher, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's harder. It, it's not the ultimate technique. I mean, I would argue the ultimate technique is never going to be invented because it can get better and better and better. 100%, but yeah. a big, a big change step up for competing without the gi because Hoyler didn't have the gi on, and that's arguably Hoyler had twenty something years of experience and was the greatest. Uh, and Eddie was able to win. And sports specific training, I would say, is the answer because Eddie was training in a way that didn't use that gi and if, uh, every other sport like what do they train what do you wear in practice like you stuff that's very similar to what you're going to compete right 100 especially at the pro level even kids hey maybe they don't have that many but they do the closest they can um you don't train you don't play softball getting ready for baseball or the other way around oh you don't say oh baseball is harder than baseball like if it's girl software team, well boss baseball is harder so we're going to train with that and be better no you do sports specific. And so I've heard, I disagree, but I've heard, hey, the gi is more technical. I disagree. But even if you're true, say that's true. It doesn't matter. 
Like you could say chess might be more a lot more technical than a street fight. But chess is not the ideal training to help you survive a street fight. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's more technical or not. hundred uh, percent. It matters it's not applicable. Well, exactly. But that's kind of going back to your what you started off initially, where it's like people want to keep it traditional, keep it traditional. But the question is like, why? If we don't wear those clothes anymore and we're not out here walking around with those clothes, it's not going to translate well into a situation in where nobody's wearing a gi. And not just that, it's kind of like when you look at MMA now, like, because like I said, I love MMA, man. I've been watching the UFC for a long, long time. And it's kind of like, do you see the level of Brazilian jiu-jitsu now and how it's incorporated? Like for me, I love watching Charles Oliveira because that dude is just a freak, right? But that like I hear Joe Rogan talk about like his technique is is just it's so different it's so this it's so unique and that's kind of what you need if you're gonna see if you're gonna see the sport evolve there has to be that level of uniqueness like even when you mentioned Eddie had like you know, he was willing to get rid of the stuff that didn't work for the stuff that did and develop something that's unique to himself and something that translates over and something that makes sense in the real world situation right but it's almost like. I don't know. It just seems like when when you try to hold on to the old, it's never going to work, man, because the whole world is evolving. Everything about this earth is always moving forward. Everything's always being pushed forward. Like, why do you think they're trying to hold on to that traditional kind of mindset? Is it just kind of to maintain like, you know, it's like, oh, the roots of blah, blah, blah. Like, is it a political thing? Why do you think they do it? it, It's I think it's intuitive human nature thing. And first of all, you say, oh, get rid of stuff that didn't work. I want to say that it's not that it didn't work. It's we find stuff that works vastly better. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Because uh, clearly people won fights with it. So it did work. But um, the things worked better. Um, and so people, all these arguments come up and some of them are kind of like, seemed ridiculous to me as coming from like outside of those circles. Uh, but, and that's why I didn't like kind of want it. I didn't fit in at places that, that justified it because they came up with all these arguments. Oh, well, all the world champions at that time, not true anymore, are coming from the gi. Well, why? Well, because every freaking place you can train trains in the gi. So, of course, it's the same thing. I read an article uh, by Bill Superfoot Wallace in Black Belt Magazine a long time ago. He's a famous old school um, kickboxer, basically. And it, they, they used to say, and he was talking about, they used to say, well, every good kickboxer uh, has to learn their forms and comes from karate. And, and it was true. <laughs> it's like, hey, well, every world champion did. Well, why did they? Well, because that was the only place to train. The only option. And nowadays it has nothing to do with that. People laugh at at like form training for like the forms. Most of the forms have your hands down or whatever. So in theory, forms are kind of like shadow boxing. But the traditional forms, the traditional arts, no, to compete in kickboxing, you go do kickboxing. So um, same thing. And I think, but people say these things because that's a stupid thing to say. But it's people have their their long-held belief and um eddie said it was about money and that could be true too because he basically he said hey if you're a um a ford mechanic and it's taken you 20 years to be be a mechanic and somebody brought uh, the best chevy or the best or the best uh, a different brand they brought a different yeah. brand and they bought your ford on the track you don't want to admit that brand's better even if it is because yeah. you only know how to fix your yours yeah. so um and it was the same reason a lot of people didn't want to switch when the UFC came out and jiu-jitsu. some people did. They saw that it's like, man, we're going to add that training. Mm-hmm. Some of the early old school um, first dirty dozen of BJJ black belts were karate guys that yeah. they faced uh, Hoist or Hickson or, or one of the Gracies. It's like, wow, this stuff is great. I'm going to learn that. But then what most people did after they got that lesson is they went home and acted like nothing happened. Most because it was too hard, like that you've been training Kung Fu for 20 years rather than like, hey, I need to learn. I need to take my training in a different direction. You're like, I'll ignore that. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm just going to it's easier to just ignore it. And then people ask about it. So you come up with these reasons and you may even believe them. But that so I see this not just in martial arts, just across all of life. Um, Watch a Facebook argument is people believe a certain things. And then they look up facts that happen to support their things. Uh, they could be anecdotal, the whatever. So they're not objectively looking at it. 
They're not going to change their mind no matter what, but they will find up some things that seem to back it up, but they don't believe in it because of those things. Uh, they believe in it because that's a core belief that they've, they've been doing it for a long time. It's very, very difficult to leave your core beliefs. That's why most people's favorite football team is their family's favorite football team. Yep. Their political party is their family's political party. That's why like, I don't religion. get upset yep. about arguments like that because I remember all these are like, oh, here's what I know about you if you're a this party or a that party. I've seen art articles on both sides like, no, yeah. here's what I know about you. It's your parents were that way. It's your favorite exactly. football team, your political affiliation, your religion. Everything is probably just you've got to be a very specific, a special type of person to break free. So yeah. you probably, and I'm not saying all of that is right or wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying the stats show that the, the, the biggest factor in you believing those things is what your family believed. It's 100%. not 100%. But yeah. that's the biggest influencing factor. So you're most likely, you list all these logical arguments, uh, you're most likely just not changing. And it carries on generationally. And so if you want to know why people are like that, it's because people resist change. Uh, yeah. Even though people, the society has to change. I think oh. part of the answer to what, like all of those other things, like, hey, everybody's wrong because everybody's not optimal. So the optimal version of all of that doesn't exist. Well, it kind of like, you know, what's funny is ah, I forgot who it was. If it was Socrates or Plato where, you know, they were they were trying to decide who was the wisest man. He found out that, you know, he couldn't find the wisest man. They said, you know what? You're the wisest dude. And he's like, well, why is that? And they said, well, you know what? You always have that mindset of a student. You're always willing to learn and you're always willing to discard stuff if you find something that's better. Right. And when you do that you'll be forced into evolution or whatever subject matter that you decide to undertake will evolve with you because it's, it's not about being stuck in our ways as much as I think it is an ego thing. And we're almost trying to protect tradition because, you know, my dad before me and his dad before him, and I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm a this or I'm a that. And it's almost like we associate, we, we almost identify with these things almost as if it's a part of us. And as I get older for myself, like I told my wife, as far as my religious beliefs, I'm like, mm, I don't really want to be associated with that religion. You know, I like aspects of it, but I don't necessarily want to belong to that religion. You know, and, and I think the main reason why I belong to said religion was because my parents belong to that religion. Right. Yep. They said, you got to join up, too. And I'm like, but why? You know, and then I do my own research and I'm like, well, I kind of like the way Nazism sounds a little bit more to me. This makes a little bit more sense to me. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Some of the philosophies over there can be incorporated into my life. Who says that I have to be subject to living every single day for the rest of my life in a little box? And I can't include anything from anywhere else. And it's interesting because you bring up how Brazilian jiu-jitsu and how you were drawn to this different type because they were willing to explore new ideas. And I kind of find that when it comes to the guys that really are the trailblazers, Hey, you know what? You got to be willing to fail, but you also got to be willing to look at yourself and say, hey, where can I improve? What can I do differently? And how will this translate into what it is that I'm trying to accomplish? Which ultimately, I think, is, you know, winning in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and developing yourself mentally as well, you know? Yeah, I think one thing you said earlier on and what what you just said about the old philosophers, about it not being a new, new idea. Um, I think when I heard that, it brought me back to something that I tell people all the time about often the answer is really simple. It's just hard. It's not what you want to hear because yes, it's like the information of um, like from Plato, Socrates of how to embrace ideas and evolution. It's been around for a long time. It's just hard to do. Same thing with diet and exercise. Like people go to a nutritionist, they ask about it. Like, okay, can I inform you? Like, did you yep. not know how many calories <laughs> banana had or whatever? Like, maybe I can help you in some way. But you know 95% of what you need to know. You already know. You're just not doing it. I can tell you if, if you had the So, I mean, that, that's the most uh, of every time I talk to people, that's the only thing that's popping in my hand. Somebody didn't realize how many calories bananas had. Like, you know what? Bananas didn't make you fat. You know, <laughs> nope. uh, uh, probably not. We could probably pull the. You could probably pull some of those off your diet and sub. But like, you know, 
if you did so that was the one thing that they didn't know they knew everything else mm -hmm. they just weren't doing it and so they were 95 percent there but they were 150 pounds overweight yeah but they were eating three pizzas a day well you know we knew that like well do you think the pizza is like just wondering how bad for you to uh, scale out of one to 10, 10 being the worst thing ever. Where do you think that is? Well, it's probably like a 10 or 11. Well, yeah, that's pretty much, especially when you're eating three tall ones, we're going to say that's pretty accurate. Yep. Yep. Um, up there with all your alcohol consumption. Like, yep. so they know everything. So usually people go, they hire, and I'm not saying the nutritionists can't help you because they can, but mm -hmm. they can help you refine it. So most of it, like same that I'm talking about diet right now, but same thing with like, evolution like so the information out there the truth that you should evolve and embrace new idea it's it's painful to do it's the truth that the the answer is simple but it's not easy so people actually spend a lot of money pursuing complex when the answer is easy the answer is i mean there's a huge fitness industry and i'm not saying a lot of those products aren't helpful but some of it is just like you know if you just had better, better diet and exercise at the end of the day, maybe this thingy can help you. Maybe this pre-workout will help you work out. But like at the end of the day, that's your 1% little extra thing. Bro. And, uh, bro. 99% has got to come from you. Exactly. But that's people don't understand the word supplements. It means supplemental to it whatever like, it is that you we have. Mean <laughs> like a one or 0.1%, like a little, yeah. and you're, you know, even even stuff that's illegal that I don't think you should take, that's yeah. not going to give you the body of your dreams, bro. Not no. by itself. No. Not by itself. Um, no. You can cheat to the high heavens and get clobbered. Yeah. Um, I yeah. know that because I've beat people that pot in an untested organization that pop positive right after, and I beat <laughs> them. It's like, that's your extra edge. You didn't do the real work. No, but you know, you're right. So, you're right. It, 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 society's kind of developed this lazy approach because my thing is personal training, right? And my biggest thing is like, I will show you, I will guide you, but I need you to be, I'm the guy holding you accountable. As soon as you start doing that, all of a sudden everything starts changing. It's like, oh, snap, sleeping. I know it's not sexy. Make sure you sleep eight hours a night. Eating, make sure you're not overeating, watch your calories. And then when you plateau and stuff, we'll go over this again. Take out the processed food. Like you said, it's common knowledge. We know we shouldn't be eating a shitload of sugar. Yet people are still eating a whole bunch of sugar. And it's like, dude, there's books written on how this will literally make you obese and how there's obesogens in this crap, right? And I get it. Maybe not everybody realizes that. However, it's something that always plays into your weight gain. And when it comes to steroids and all that, bro, I've been in the gym I've talked to people, you know, I've seen people where I'm like, yo, you're taking DECA, you're taking Anavar, you're taking testosterone. They're taking all this crap and homeboy still looks awful. And I'm like, why <laughs> are you doing this? You know, because they're doing... also taking donuts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. And because that's because they're 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 not doing the real work. Exactly. And instead they're doing the other stuff. And uh, in fact, that's exactly how you get extra, extra side effects, because when you're doing uh all the like so uh famously when like kimbo slice and dada oh, yeah. had that fight and then people they both popped positive and there was all sorts of jokes it's like and i don't hate those guys by the way yeah yeah and i feel bad for the but like all sorts of jokes like takes performance enhancing drugs doesn't enhance performance yeah. they both ended up in the hospital and one of them died because That's it's harder right. like it's hard on your body fighting is hard on your body Fighting is yeah. extra harder on your body when you're not in good enough shape to fight and don't have appropriate training to fight. Yeah. Um, and then you add uh, drugs that are not the easiest on your body, but they're harder on your body when your body's in terrible conditioning and shape. Uh, and you're probably, uh, the cholesterol was probably wrong. Everything was probably already wrong. There were probably already a heart attack waiting to happen. Um, and then they added things that could increase their cholesterol or make things worse. And then they added a fight and they're like all that stuff. So yeah. Um, but I, I bring that, that up because like, Hey, you think a, a protein bar is going to save you. Steroids wouldn't even save you, bro. Like you, you, uh, I'm not saying that stuff. Like 
doesn't make a difference for people that are competing at that. Well, like, yeah, the, these people cheating are getting an edge, but it's because they they're at the 99 and they're looking for any little push over. Um, they're already doing the work. Just cheating is like, okay, so you got a little stronger. Like, listen, I'm already weaker than everybody. So you got strong. Like I was, I was going to be weaker anyway. So you did that instead of doing the work exactly. and you lost. And exactly. now you really lost because not the only thing worse than uh, than winning and popping positive and losing your victory is losing and popping positive. He's like, hey, cheat. I cheated. And like, and now I still didn't win. No, exactly. And, and that's kind of like now another thing that I'm noticing, too, is like amongst a lot of young young men in particular, they're taking juice because they see that their favorite influencer or whatever is on TRT. And I'm like, bro, why are you taking TRT? You're 22. You're 23. And people are comparing themselves to these people that are well, like, TRT and steroids are a little bit different conversation. So I know testosterone is a steroid, obviously. Yeah. Um, but TRT is designed to get you within the upper range of the Optimal normal range. range. Yeah. So that, right. And I'm not opposed to TRT. I think TRT could be beneficial, especially for older people that need it. Exactly. Um, uh, people that need it. And that's different than taking uh, a whole bunch of random stuff. Uh, by the way, you're talking the stuff you listed. I'm not a super expert. Often it's testosterone derived, but it's not yeah. testosterone. It doesn't act exactly the same way. It's not, you're not talking about TRT. People say, oh, I'm going to get on that TRT, bro. I'm like, no, that's testosterone replacement therapy. Replacement Your testosterone therapy. is already high. You're 20. You're not going to get on TRT. You're going to get on steroids. You're just saying that way because it makes it feel you feel better. But uh, the, the thing is, because I, I was talking to a couple of doctors and they're saying like baseball players, MMA fighters, a lot of people are saying like, I'm not in that optimal range. Uh, can I can I get some TRT? Right. And that's the thing is that some of these doctors are prescribing it. Right. And, and they're well, they're using so, loopholes so that they can yeah, say so like they, UFC closed that loophole. And um, you know what? If it's legal, it's legal. Exactly. Um, and the reason game. the reason they make it illegal, the people argue is maybe it should be legal. And especially not for sports. You know, I, I don't actually think any of the drug laws are really helpful, personally. Even stuff that's really harmful that. because yeah. you think no one uses drugs, bro. Oh so no. uh you know, drugs, <laughs> you know people are using it anyway. <laughs> And uh, you can keep it from being something made in a bathtub that could be harmful. And we cannot load the, uh, the prisons and the taxpayers pay for it. And like, I think it's a mess. But that said, for sports, it's a different conversation because at a certain level, if it's legal, it's mandatory. Exactly. Um, because you can look at pride, right? So oh, pride, I love pride. <laughs> uh, right? uh, but so what I've I heard, personally, I, I know people, yes. you know, in the inside of that and not only was it legal and untested there, but I've heard, this could be wrong, but I've heard that they gave people steroids when they signed the contract. Yep. It's like, hey, this is what we find is athletes are using optimally. Here, use this stuff. It's probably, you don't have to, but here, like, so when it's legal, it's basically mandatory. Um, so I, I get yep. why these sports, and, and we're not talking about, oh, TRT could be good for your health. It's different than TRT. Having mm -hmm. uh, 10 times the amount of testosterone in your system and then having other things that are 10 or more times as anabolic uh, as testosterone in your system and all sorts of like, there's a lot of literature, literature suggesting that's probably not great for you. Is it as bad as some people say? Maybe not. It has it caused people to make a heart attack? Probably. Probably. Uh, you know, um, how many? Hard to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it should be mandatory. So you could argue that about the sports. Um, but it was legal. So T going back to TRT. So my thoughts on what was going on with a lot of the TRT in the UFC. Now TRT isn't allowed, which yeah. I get it. It's like, hey, you know, because it's the only way to keep it simple. So I feel bad for you. And I know some of the reasons you guys, some of those guys really needed TRT. Why? Is because they fought in pride for 10 years. What did you do in pride? You took everything under the sun for every amount of dose for 10 years. You probably can't make testosterones anymore. You probably can't even grow a beard without TRT anymore, bro. I get it. <laughs> you need it, but that's not my fault. 100%. And maybe it's time to retire. And so some people were just were using TRT like TRT. 
Yeah. But a lot of people, because um, I asked a little bit about the testing is, so there's the, if you go down to get your testosterone checked, they, they check that uh, basically from 200 to a thousand parts, parts in your blood, right? Mm -hmm. If you go for testing for the UFC, right? They're not just checking that for it to be higher. They're checking is um, exogenous testosterone. So they have a way, I don't, yep. I don't know enough on how, but they have a way of saying if it's on the outside. Free test, so when yeah. you can discount any level of that, now it opens the way for you to have taken way more than TRT dosages. Yeah. So you, instead of taking some small amount that's a TRT dose, now you say I'm on TRT and also different medications you need to medicate, you know, anti-estrogens, whatever side effects. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so those yeah. that pop easy on things, now you've got an excuse to be taking those. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's exogenous, now you can beat the tests. So people, I think they weren't on TRT. They were using TRT to mask um, performance enhancing steroid use. Yeah. Um, so but largely that's why people talk about these certain guy. Oh, he looks way different on TRT. It's like, okay. Vito well, Belfort. I know people that use TRT. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to call him out, but that's exactly <laughs> people I love like, Vitor oh, though. I love TRT yeah. Vitor. People talk about, do you think he could beat Belfort? It's like, bro, do you mean regular Belfort? Or TRT Belfort. Yeah. yeah. Because, um, so I've known a lot of people that have done TRT. And you don't look like Belfort and TRT Belfort. No, no, because no. It's yeah. not, uh, so I think Belfort, would say, he probably needed it because of his, his time and pride. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think he was on the typical doctor recommended dosage. I don't think so. <laughs> you to beat the test. So yeah. uh, TRT is not steroids. I mean, it is. You're taking a steroid, but a TRT treatment is not the same as a performance enhancing steroid user to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and uh, many of these users, once again, they're, they're taking testosterone and DECA and whatever yeah, other that other five things, yeah. plus their HGH and their whatever they've got. HGH Crazy is not a steroid, no, but it's a performance-enhancing drug. They're, like, they're take, there's all sorts of performance-enhancing drugs. Arms, all most kinds of these of guys, stuff, yeah. they're, they're taking everything. And, that, and then they're saying, hey, I'm on TRT because that's cool. No, bro. <laughs> you're a cheating performance-enhancing. Like, you're breaking the rules to cheat to win. But that's exactly. what you're doing. You're not on uh, TRT for uh, your male health, right? Not Which, at all. Not at all. It's a different conversation. Like if you need something for for your health, that's uh, I mean, you some of these guys once again could fix their diet and exercise, whatever. But you know what? If you need something, you need something. So I don't want. I don't like it compared that way because it became trendy for. Um, People taking a thousand milligrams of testosterone per week on top of whatever. To say, I'm on TRT, bro. No, you're not. No one's going to prescribe you that. You got it from some guy that made it in a bathtub or from a veterinary clinic. And then like not from a doctor. You're not on testosterone replacement ther therapy. And like you had so much testosterone before you started, you probably could have used a little less. Yeah, it's like I'm going to Mexico to get some stuff for my dog. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> Oh, man, but these things, I mean, for me, it's kind of like the way I kind of see it, the way I had it explained to me is that, you know what, a lot of times with different types of juice when used appropriately, it can help you recover faster. And a lot of people will use it for recovery purposes. Like I had, um, it's illegal, a, it's illegal. Yeah, in competition. In, in competition, right? But like I talked to Dr. Robert Yoho, and this guy was telling me he was prescribing it to like six year old women that were getting surgery or women that were just recovering. And he's like, if you use it appropriately, that's what a lot of that stuff is for. So a it's lot, recovery. If you look into the history, uh, most of them were developed. Uh, some of them were developed for animals. Mm -hmm. Many of them were developed for humans for post surgery recovery for like. So not for testosterone replacement therapy. Most of them were made by the medical industry to at one point be prescribed for something, for burn victims, for whatever. And um, they're probably good for that. And that said, I actually don't really like the FDA system. And for outside of competition, I'm all about it. Don't bring these people to jail for this. Just let these people do whatever. Exactly, exactly. I mean, let them sign something the saying they can't su sue these people. Like, let them sign saying, okay, I can't, I won't sue if I have a heart attack because I understand. Just like if you're an attorney, you don't have a right for a mistrial. I don't want an attorney. I yeah, want to represent exactly. myself. Same to, kind of you thing. should be doing that for a doctor. Hey, 
I'm going to represent myself as my doctor. I'm signing off. I'm not going to sue anybody. I know I don't have a medical degree. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going <laughs> to. So exactly. and then let you have do what whatever. And then people won't run to Mexico and do what. Like, I'm all about that. Just exactly. make it all legal. Like, even if it's really bad for you, whatever. Because obviously we can't get rid of it. So no. you know, like, let's put this other trillion, how many ever trillion dollars a year we spend on this. We do something else with that um and get rid of that like i'm all about that for competition that's a different conversation than exactly. the government control for government control make it all legal because we lost the war on drugs no well, to drugs uh, uh, i mean i'm pretty sure like the cia or somebody's getting a cut from that too man it's kind of like oh yeah we're stopping it I'm like, i don't know man like, i thought it was a fact that they started like the cocaine they, they did that was like uh back with like crack in the 80s and stuff and apparently like they were just dealing deals with the colombians and the whole like iran contract like this stuff's already common knowledge man so we know it's like come on man we know you're getting you know you're taxing your cocaine but the thing yeah, is i mean hey listen you guys keep doing that and let everybody else do it and let yeah, exactly. the knowledge be out there and you and you 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 shouldn't use that but like if you do use it um it's like hey that stuff can ruin your life so i'm gonna put you <laughs> in jail for 15 years and ruin your life because i don't wouldn't want you to ruin your life exactly i'm like you care so much about certain communities <laughs> i care so weird. much about you i'm gonna destroy your life exactly i'm like yeah don't touch that booger sugar it's like wait a minute hold the phone so now you're gonna put me away for 30 years or life in prison even though those rules are slowly changing, but that's make, kind of more. Make it, make it illegal legal for kids, like yeah. alcohol is illegal, and then <laughs> keep your non-working educational program on that. Distribution or and, whatever, uh, yeah, it's like. I mean, I, I think D.A.R.E. would work better, right? All that stuff would have worked better because the whole marijuana is a gateway drug. Thing. Yeah, okay, guys, so yeah. it's not chemically, <laughs> but I think it was mentally for some people because it's the moment they learned that the government lied to them because yeah. it's like if you look at the reefer madness or whatever oh i can't yeah, was back in the 70s because it does this and you watch yeah. people like oh well it's like a milder drug than alcohol so the government was probably wrong about heroin too and like uh, the yeah, government might have been about right on that one yeah uh, <laughs> so uh just look at the dude walking up and down the street with no no home, man. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that one's a little bit heavier, man. That's a little bit it heavier. Might have been a little bit heavier. <laughs> I mean, that said, there's, you know, there's people on all sorts of stuff that are that are functional until they're not. Like, you know, um, let the real information be out there and let people decide on everything. And just like, don't try to like, we Dublin. can't regulate it. Like, we can't. Nah. So give that up. And let the information be out there. Let educate 100%, people. percent like, yeah. hey, hey, this isn't good. Here's why we know that. If you use it, you have to sign this thing. Well, that way, at least we'll know you're getting stuff that isn't contaminated. But you got to sign this thing saying, hey, uh, smoking smoking will kill you too. And they just put the skull and crossbones on the back. Just put exactly. the skull and crossbones on the back of everything like they do in California where your fast food <laughs> has a skull and cap. Really? Yeah. The, there's a scroll on uh, crossbones on every drive-through in California, uh, on the drive-through window. Bro, that's uh, that's kind of cause for concern. Well, no, that's a good thing, but at the same well, time, I'm like, whoa, there <laughs> is facts saying that that food causes cancer and heart attacks. Oh no, it there's will, facts. it will, hundred percent. So, yeah, it is justified. I mean, at I'm what just... rate? But once again, don't make it illegal. If you think that school and crossbone, like once again, people still go. If you think oh, it'll help, put it up there. Exactly. You know, put it up there. I'm okay with that being up there. They're not going to stop any business if everybody's got to have it. Exactly. If yeah. One place in town had it. People may not go there. Everybody's got it. It's like, oh, it's just the thing the government's doing. Yeah, maybe exactly. somebody will stop and think. Maybe not. Give the people the information and let them do what they will with it. Brian, I had an awesome time talking to you, man. We're going to do this again. We're coming up on the hour here, but. Please, right. yeah, anytime, give, us, give us your socials, man. Where can we find you? Tell us a little bit more about your dojo, where you do what you do, man. Yeah, I'm, a, uh, I'm Brian Debs, uh, B-R-I-A-N-D-E-B-E-S. Um, and uh, Brian Barncat Debs on Instagram, Brian Debs on Facebook. Uh, 10th Planet Beaumont YouTube ch channel. My school is 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu Beaumont in uh, Beaumont, Texas. Uh, if somehow you happen to own uh, a gym or a martial arts gym, I have Red Belt Software. Um, it's a um, CRM that controls the billing automations and stuff for oh, your martial nice. arts schools. So we didn't talk about any of that stuff, but I have that stuff. 
Yeah, um, we didn't get into it. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> well, dude, we definitely got to come on again because I feel like I could talk to you all day about you know everything from Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to I don't know pretty much anything, man. Just loved it, loved it today. So again, guys, I'll make sure I always add all the links in the description below. Brian, it was an absolute pleasure. And again, until the next time, guys. We'll see you guys later. Uh, Hold on. Where is the record button? There it is. I'm going to have to cut this part out.